Good morning, Calvary Church. There's a great missions quote, maybe you've heard it before, that says that missions exist where worship does not. Have you heard this quote before? Missions exist where worship does not. Uh, Throughout our world, and the almost 8 billion people that are in our world, many do not have the privilege that we just had just now. To gather with fellow believers and to lift up the name of Jesus. And so, just count yourself humbled and privileged that we just got to do what we just did. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, My name is Matt Doan. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary Church. Specifically, I'm our REACH pastor, which means that I oversee our local and our global outreach as a church. And as many of you know, the wonderful Liz Gold served in this role that I now have for almost 30 years doing an incredible job, and they are huge, huge shoes to fill. She always jokes, Matt, I have small feet, <laughs> but, uh, but they're huge shoes to fill as she faithfully moved the ball forward in missions here at Calvary Church for decades. But God's been faithful to us in 2019, and he's brought me and us a team. And I want to just reintroduce you, you've met him before, but just reintroduce you to our team. This is the wonderful Aaron Holm. Can we give it up to Aaron? Aaron leads our Go Team initiatives and just ultimately makes our missions relevant to our culture here today and is doing an amazing job. You are a rose between two thorns right here. Two plaid thorns. <laughs> we didn't talk before we got here. Uh, and this is the wonderful John Smalley. You know the Smalley name. And uh, John, we stole John off the mission field last year, and we've kept John, and we're allowed to keep him for this year as he's helping connect our life groups to missions, projects that are related to local outreach. Uh, We are just blessed to have the three of us uh, on this team and to serve for and with you and ultimately to give glory to Jesus Christ. And so that's the hope. Hey, if you have your Bibles and your sermon notes, open them up right now. I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 1. So grab your notes and actually the scripture is in your notes if you want to follow there. If you have a Bible on your phone or the seat rack in front of you or you brought your Bible, which we highly recommend here at church. Philippians chapter 1, this is Paul speaking to the first century church. I want to particularly land on verse 3 and then just go a couple verses past that. It says this, grace to you, verse 2 actually, we'll start there. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. Such a great passage. I know I can speak for the three of us. We were drawn to Calvary Church because of the legacy of missions here at Calvary. That God, since 1931, which, oh, by the way, was 88 years ago this weekend, Calvary was birthed. Since the beginning, Calvary has been faithfully committed to God's word and the gospel being spread throughout the world. And so I believe if I could take a little leap into the text that Calvary would be included in Paul's thanksgiving here. And then look at verse 6. 
For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Church, our legacy is great, but our job is unfinished. We still have a great task here at Calvary Church to be involved in what God is doing throughout the world. And this morning, just for a few minutes, you're going to get to hear what God is doing around the world. And our prayer is, as you leave this place, your heart will be softened once again and re-inspired to use your gifts, your talents, your prayers for what God is doing using Calvary throughout the world. Are you in? Amen. So John, tell us a little bit, even as related to life groups, how can that be connected to missions? And tell us what's happening today too. Sure. Um, First, I want to just express gratitude and thankfulness to the people here at Calvary for incredible generosity that my family has received over the years. And I don't primarily mean financial. Calvary has been so generous with time and especially with relationships. And we've been connected with a life group for years and years. And this is like the primary way that we as a church connect with God and connect with each other. Because it has to be in an intimate, intentional setting. And that happens at life groups. And so I'm really excited to share just how much life groups have uh, molded and shaped my life and small groups throughout the years. And I just want to give an encouragement for everyone in here that if you're not in a life group yet, today is the day. I mean, now. And I don't mean that now. Like, that is really something that I should start thinking about. I mean, at 11 o'clock today, (laughs) there are missionaries from right across the street, from across the world that have gathered here today, and they're going to be sharing in different groups on campus. And so I just wanted to point out that there are six, uh, six missionaries in here today. And if you want to head straight out at 11 o'clock, you'll see Tom and Janie Nunziato. And all this information is in your bulletin on the backside, so you'll know exactly where they are. They're in Samsvik, and you can work on your Spanish if you want to listen to them. We have the Peckham family that will be just upstairs here. And they'll be sharing about uh, their incredible ministry. They were our VBS missionaries this year. And, I mean, we brought in over like $5,000 worth of pennies that is going to go directly towards translating in, uh, in new languages in Indonesia. And that's incredibly exciting. They're going to be upstairs. You're going to hear from Moran and Oleg in just a few minutes. And Moran is going to be in here at 11. Oleg will be right next door in the choir room. And then we also have uh, Jeff McKee, Jeff and Kim McKee, working with the FCA. And they're going to be just uh, out in the S building, which is just next to Sandswick there. So just look at your bulletin, and you'll find exactly where these amazing missionaries and partners of ours will be. And then Aaron's going to share what's coming up afterwards. Thanks, John. Hey, everybody. Uh, So, yes, uh, today is Mission Sunday, Missions Focus, which means we have the unique opportunity uh, to actually go places next year in 2020 to not only partner with our missionaries and our mission organization partnerships, but we have the opportunity to see what God is doing around the world. And I can't help but think about in the Gospel of John, in chapter 20, this is where Jesus has already died and he's resurrected and he appears to his disciples and he's with them. And some of his last words, he says, just as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And when I read that, I go, oh, you're sending me. And, and yes, that can mean here in the United States. That can mean 
sharing the good news of Jesus with our neighbors across the street, with those that we interact with on a daily basis. But that does not mean that we can neglect uh, the nations. We are called to go beyond our borders and to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. And we have full-time missionaries who are doing that in a great way that we can partner with the whole global missions opportunities is to partner with our missionaries. So if you guys look in your bulletin, you have a uh, little flyer. It says 2020 Go Trips. These are the places that we have Calvary, as Calvary Church are going to next summer in ways you can be involved um, in these. And so today at 1230, we have a free lunch in the gym. If anything, just come grab a free lunch. Uh, but come in here about uh, what these trips entail. There's more detail, um, cost of the trips, dates of the trips, um, etc. And we would love for you to start praying and thinking about, God, where would you send me? Where would you have me go? Um, there's a whole list right here. So I, I pray that the Lord tugs on your hearts and our hearts um, to go and to partner with uh, people who are already doing God's work. Because the truth is, God does not need us to accomplish his work. But I believe he's inviting us into a mission that Jesus had to make his name known. Amen. What a cool opportunity that we get to step into. That might be very uncomfortable, but I really believe that we grow most in uncomfortable situations. So let's do it. Uh, so I'll see you guys at 1230 in the gym, free lunch, bring your kids, bring your friends, bring an awesome attitude. Be a good time. It's <laughs> great. And we pray for us too. So yeah, let me, let me go ahead and pray for us and then we'll welcome up our missionary guest. Father, I, um, I can't get that song out of my head that we just sang, Revelation song. God, I can't wait for that day where we're just with you all the time, seeing you face to face and worshiping you. And God, I don't want anyone to miss out on that. I think of those who are in far off countries, Lord, who have never heard your name. And I think of those who are here in the United States who have maybe heard your name, but have not given their life to you. Lord, I invite you in this time to, to break our hearts for the lost. God, may you convict us where we need to be convicted. God, may we desire for the gospel to be loud. May we not leave here unchanged today because of how you're working in our lives. We offer this up to you. It's your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Well done. Thanks, you guys. Um, if you've studied the history of missions ever, maybe you've even heard another term called, it was the West to the rest. And God really used North America uh, in mighty ways uh, in our last century to send gospel workers into dark places that had no concept of who Jesus was. But over the last couple of decades, we've seen a shift in church ministry and particularly in mission. And that is we've started to see this rise of the national worker being equipped to go out and care for their own people in their own language and their own culture. And here at Calvary, we've had the tremendous gift 
to find and partner with national workers uh, to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And today, just for a couple minutes here on the platform, you're going to get to be reintroduced to two of our favorite workers that are working in their home countries. And that is Moran Rosenblatt in Israel and Ole Rutsky in Moldova. So you are in for a treat. Like literally buckle up right now because we're going to go fast. Calvary Church, can we give a warm welcome to our Israeli brother. I like my younger brother. <laughs> he's, he aged a, a little bit. He's, he's, he's better looking one than I am, yes. <laughs> what a joy it is to have you back here. I feel like you haven't been back here in a couple of years. And so it's been welcome few, back to yeah. Orange County. It's been a few years. Thank yeah, you. It's it a has. privilege, privilege uh, to be here. In your bulletin with those sermon notes, you have a brief bio of Moran's uh, story of uh, becoming a believer in Yeshua. And if I want you to just kind of tell in your own words, tell us once again... What was that process like for you? Well, the process started by um, being born in Israel, raised in Israel, being in the army, doing my uh, time of serving in the army. Um, I lost several friends in a suicide bombing, uh, something that brought a lot of anger, hatred, and uh, that was when I lost hope for life. Um, Serious events brought me here to Southern California, and uh, here was the first time I heard about the Lord. I heard about uh, faith in Yeshua, in Jesus, Um, being Jewish. I thought that this is just for the Gentiles, for the Christians. I didn't know that it was for me as well. But uh, God opened my eyes to see and to find the Jewish Messiah. Mm. And uh, he has restored my life and gave me hope. I left Israel without hope, Mm. but now we are back in the land, bringing the only hope that Mm. there is for our fellow countrymen in the land of Israel. Amen. Amen. I think maybe a common misperception would be uh, that, oh, everyone in Israel has heard the name Jesus and understands who he is. They've just chosen to reject. But that's not true in your story, right? You know, we are some of the most unreached people group on the face of the earth. Yeah. The total population of Jewish believers like myself in the land, we are one quarter of one yeah. percent of the population of Israel. Yeah. So maybe the people of Israel heard about uh, Jesus, but they heard about Jesus for them. They did not hear about him as a Jewish Messiah who needs to, um, who who they need to accept. Yes, yeah. So you are here in Redondo, or you move to Redondo, you hear the name of Jesus, you become a believer in Jesus. Uh, you marry Melissa. I might have that out of order, but you meet, and we both married way out of our league, so I just oh, yes. wanted both of them to admit Amen. that right now. Amen. But uh, so you marry Melissa, you have a good job here in Southern California, and you're just kind of thinking, okay, I'm just going to live the rest of my life here. What compelled you to take Melissa and then now your family and move back to Israel? We have the Word of God. Yeah. And I can't teach the Word of God saying God is gathering his children back to the land that he has promised our forefathers and live here. Doesn't make sense. So I knew that I need to go back home. And uh, my heart's desire is for uh, my fellow countrymen uh, to receive the same gift of life that I've received. So that's why we're back home. Um, It's uh, the center of where God wants me to be, and it's the safest place to be. (laughs) Amen. So 
you have a lot of projects going on. We just kind of heard a quick snapshot uh, through the video. But talk to us about some of the projects and the people that you're excited about. And I know we could take the next three days and unpack this, but give us some snapshots. Well, I, I don't want to take my brother's time here. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but um, I think my main heart is to reach out and invest in the future generation of Israel. Uh, we do a lot of humanitarian work, which is uh, nice, and I, I always like to call it, it's, it's a romantic part of the ministry, as it makes us feel good. But what we are doing is uh, building the future, investing in the future army of Israel. So we have our youth group, and uh, then we have the Believing Soldiers, but the scholarship program is a program that was just a vision last time I was here. Yeah. And today we have 25 students that we're giving scholarships to. And this, uh, our, our goal is that in the next five years, we're going to have 50 young Israeli men and women yeah. who are going to be businessmen mm -hmm. and are going to impact mm -hmm. the community of Israel uh, from the inside out. So mm -hmm. in, in, inside out, it's an investment now mm -hmm. that the kingdom will reap the fruit in the future. Amen. Amen. It, you may not be aware, but uh, every... Um, I guess 18, 19-year-old uh, man and woman in Israel must enlist. It's mandatory for us, yes. Yeah, and so that becomes a great opportunity then to reach those that are either in the military or just getting out, right? Well, even the young believers, uh, the challenge is that when they go to the army, they are being surrounded with the reality of life and war. So many of them have an um, identity crisis, faith crisis. So first of all, we reach out to them and to kind of uh, remind them that God still loves them, still exists, and to help them to go throughout the army time uh, and uh, finish it as strong believers. But that is also an opportunity for them to shine His light in the most dark places. What an honor it is to partner with you, my brother, and what God is doing. 20 plus years or so that the ministry has been Next going. Next year is our 20th year 20 anniversary. 20 years, yes. yeah. That God has put this amazing. vision in your heart. Um, address us. Anything else that you want to share with Calvary and and you want to invite us to come over? First of all, I want to invite you to come over. <laughs> Thank to your you. your house. We can all stay with you. You can, uh, well. <laughs> no, what, what I'll do is I'll give my wife, Melissa, your phone number, and she can tell you what she thinks about it. But I, I do want to invite you to come over yeah. because it will be a life-changing experience for you. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid by the media lies. Uh, in Israel, we don't have tornadoes, and uh, I just came from Dallas. And uh, in, in, in Israel, we also don't have the crazy drive-by shootings that you have over yes. here, okay? It's yeah. the safest place to be. Yeah. And part of God's call is to go to these places. Yeah. Uh, but more than that, I just want to encourage you. Acts 1-8 speaks about the power of God, the power of the gospel that will uh, begin in, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, to the utmost places on the face of the earth. Well, it happened, even over here, and it's time to bring the good news back home. Back home. It says, beginning in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, there is only one. And that's God's city. And what we're doing is that we are together, and you are doing it through us. We are preparing the ground for the second coming of the Messiah. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Huh.
So you're just getting a little teaser. Next hour in this very room, Ron will be in here to really share more details about the ministry, as well as even what he's seeing culturally and politically in the nation of Israel. And so, I don't know, carve out what you need to, move what you need to to be in this room at 11 o'clock. And then in the lobby, uh, we have a book that looks like this that uh, Moran has written, as well as some other resources that you can pick up. So uh, really owe it to yourself to get connected to this ministry. God's doing great things through you. So appreciate you. you. And let me just pray and even ask God to continue. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for touching a young guy who was thinking that his life would all be about Um, marketplace. God, you gave him and restored hope to Moran. God, thank you, Lord, that you didn't just give it and just say, keep it, but no, now share it. Thank you, God, for using our brother in mighty ways in his home country. God, thank you for the privilege that we have to partner with him financially and prayerfully and to go. So, God, I pray that the best years would be ahead for hope for Israel. More importantly, God, even for the people of Israel as they come face to face with Yeshua, the good news that you've come and you're coming again. As we pray this in Christ, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Love it. Thank you. Well, I have the wonderful honor of um, introducing many of you to Oleg Ryutsky. Oh, I didn't say it right. Ryutsky. Can you all say Ryutsky with me? Okay, that wasn't very good. Let's try it one more time. Ryutsky. Very good. Awesome. Well done. Thank you. Oleg and his wife work in Moldova and the region around it over in Eastern Europe. And I have to tell you, having grown up here at Calvary with a missions church, that when I was in fourth grade, we were praying for Christians who were being persecuted in that region. So it is so exciting for me today to hear more about what God is doing in that area of the world. Can you tell us a little bit about what God has called you to do in Moldova and the countries around it? It's a real blessing to be back at Calvary, and it's always being like home. Thank you so much, church, for welcoming me and uh, for your support. Your prayers are very valuable to us. It's been a journey with Calvary, and to be able to see God move in big times, I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, we've We've been blessed to be able to work in Moldova, and that's where our base is. But the work has not stopped there. As you know, we've been working for 15 years in Turkey, and we, by God's grace, this year we reached to 1 million New Testaments that we've given to the Turks, the Muslims in, in Istanbul, Izmir, and other parts of Turkey. But beyond that, God has just opened doors in Ukraine, Romania, and it's just been an amazing opportunity for us to be able to serve Him big time in so many ways. So it, re, in that region, myself, my wife, and our team were blessed to be able to serve the Lord. And that's where we are. Tell us a little bit more about how you're practically serving the Lord on the ground in that region. So we are known for actually going to the lost and the least and the broken. Because, you know, we believe that word that Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is on us. He anointed us to preach the gospel. Preach the gospel to the poor, to the broken and the oppressed. So we we actually started by going to the orphans. And, you know, going into the state-run orphanages uh, in the former Soviet world, which 
is still run by the communists, you know, in many ways. Uh, to go into the orphanage, this is an unbelievable thing. And then the Lord just opened doors for us to open homes for these orphans. We are now having, running seven homes for victimized girls and children, where we give them a, rest, a place of restoration and hope. And to be able to look beyond that, and we say, Lord, who else we're, we're not reaching yet? And the Lord spoke to our hearts to go to the gypsies. And literally, gypsies were killed, you know, big time in Europe for centuries. This is a people group that have no country. They don't have a written language. And they are most marginalized people on the continent. So to be able to go and just love on them, on their kids, uh, by God's grace, almost 2,000 children are fed daily of the gypsy people. You know, where we teach them the Word of God, you know. I know it's all by hearing because faith comes by hearing. Um, you know, just offer them a meal, life skills, and just tell them that they are valuable in the eyes of the Lord. So that has just been a recent blessing to us to be able to penetrate areas that many people did not want to go to. I know, too, that you have received favor from the Lord, even with the government. Tell mm. us a little bit about what they've invited you into. You know, uh, there was an another, you know, kind of a niche of the society is the three children. Uh, we go to probably the places and the people that, honestly, people are just hands off. And these kids, um, they've been not on the radar of many churches or ministries. And here is government looking around for an NGO or for churches that would be able to step in and literally just love on these kids in, in ways they can. And they were wandering around, and we said, we're here. We're going to go for it. And they said, we're going to call New Hope, and they, I know they're going to answer the call. So we... S- started the first mobile kitchen we got our team of volunteers you know go on the streets and just loving them in a way of hugging those kids and usually the hug is like a one two three you know you have to be very careful yes safe hugs because of the lice you know lice jumping (laughs) when we when we shake our hands we never shake like this with kids we always shake like that touching their clothing because of the diseases they're carrying and some of the teenage girls that are being brought by their fathers and sold to the truck drivers, you know, for prostitution. One girl, she said to me, Mr. Oleg, I got AIDS. She is 14. And she said, can Jesus love me? And you know, the way that we do is we bring the meals and we say, we give it in the name of Jesus. And then they don't eat because they want the Lord's Prayer. And here is this, you know, government lady that she comes to check on us and to see what we do. And she's been blown away by how these kids being, you know, served. She comes with me on the streets, freezing cold outside. And I say, ma'am, just for your little PR, let me give you the meals. So she's giving the meal and the kids are not taking. And she's turning to me and says, Mr. Oleg, I told you in the car, I'm an atheist, so you don't try. But what's the passcode? What is the password? <laughs> and I'm like, in the name of Jesus. And she's like, What? So she starts giving it in the name of Jesus wow. to these kids, and they're receiving it. Isn't that awesome? And uh, God is good. I mean, this, this lady, she's blown away, and she says, eat, and they don't want to eat. And she's like, what's in another password here? <laughs> Prayer. She's like, I've never prayed in my life. So these kids from the streets that are fighting with dogs for food, that are fighting, you know, for their life, are teaching that lady Lord's Prayer. So she spent an hour and a half with me talking in the car saying, tell me why are you doing what you're doing? And we told, I told her about servant leadership that we see in the best leader that ever existed is Jesus. 
And she went back to the, you know, the top leadership in the capital city and said, we want this, you know, this, to, these guys to come and teach us what means servant leadership. So we started for them. This is our three-year journey with government, teaching them so Jesus' best leader ever. Wow. Isn't that great? It's all for the glory of Christ. So great. So great. Now, I know that your story, your wife's story, connects a little bit with your calling. Can you just very briefly share with us a little bit of why or how God has really shaped your upbringing to bring you to this place of serving Moldova? Yeah, you know, ma'am, uh, pastor's brief doesn't match, you know. So I'm sorry, I'm not, sorry if I take too much time of your, you know. But I'd like to say this. My wife, she grew up as an orphan. Both of us, we grew up in communist homes. So we had no church connection at all. My wife lost her father because he abandoned two kids, which means she knows what it means to be a social orphan, what abandonment is. And I want you, the church, to know, being an orphan and being an abandoned, abandonment goes deep in the soul, much deeper than anything than to stay at the, ground, at the grave of your mom and, you know, shed tears or bring a flower. And then mom died, to, you know, cancer took her away. And she was, she felt like, She's totally desperate. And in the first Christian camp after the fall of the Soviet communist regime, she was invited there, and that's where she accepted the Lord. She was overwhelmed by the love that Jesus, you know, expressed to her. And that's where the passion for orphans and the street kids and the more marginalized and, you know, the rejected comes from. And then for me, I grew up in this communist home with my father who served, you know, the Soviet regime. And the man who led me to the Lord, he said to me, Oleg, do what you, you know, you've been done to. You, you, you've been shared the gospel with. You've been loved. Should just go and win next generations for wow. Jesus. So I was, in, you know, excited and blessed to be able to take this baton yeah. and move forward with it and inspire churches, inspire churches in Eastern Europe to do the same work. That's why we do what we do, because we believe that Jesus and the local church is the hope of the world. So great. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank so you. Thank you. Being able to partner with you. And you know what? For us, it's a great honor to be able to partner with you, Calvary. But the greatest honor is when I get to see you in Moldova. And Come. when can that happen? When can somebody join So you? in August of 2020, I'm looking for no wage in kingdom, okay? No There's wage. no retirement in kingdom of God. So we want you to come and help us build beds. Let's get the sweet sleep for some of those kids that don't have a bed. Let's go into the orphanages and love on those children and tell them how much Jesus loves them. Let's share the gospel in camps to those who don't know Jesus. And I want to finish with this. I want to I say one thing that we prayed for and God has made it possible. We asked God for 60,000 children in 2019. And God gave us 60,000 children in the camps. And 49,000 gave their lives to Jesus. It is because of our partnership with you. Thank That's you, church. Thank, Thank you. you. Oleg, will be, Oleg will be sharing at 11 o'clock in the choir room. So if you even sense a little bit of stirring in your own heart, after hearing what he has shared, I would encourage you to hear a little bit more from him at 11 o'clock and maybe even decide to take a trip to Moldova next year and join him in that work. So can I pray for you and your family yes, before you thank go? You. Father, we thank you so much for Oleg, for his wife, for his children, that you have called them. God, we thank you that you have used their stories to ignite passion and purpose in their lives. We pray for protection over their family and their teams as they reach out to those who are vulnerable and sick, those who have been 
abandoned and orphaned, God, we pray for their work. God, we pray that you will do more mighty work that can only be attributed to your spirit and not to us or to their team, but God, that your power would go forth and that many, many more children and adults and government workers would come to know you as their personal savior. God, we pray for continued strength and health in Oleg's life and in his family as well. We give you all praise and glory and honor for what you are going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank Glory you. to Jesus. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wow. So we just quickly landed in Israel and in Moldova. Aren't you glad you came? <laughs> Look at the person next to you. Um, they have the second or third best seat in this worship center today. I think I had the best seat because I was in between both Moran and Oleg during worship. And just thinking through, how amazing is God's kingdom uh, to have an Israeli guy from California and then a Moldovan all worshiping the same risen Savior. It's just awesome. And so that's our prayer as we continue with missions here at Calvary Church, both globally and locally. Now locally, Eric mentioned this last week, and I just want to say it again. We have this campaign going on called Each One, Reach One. And it's the idea that by Easter 2020, which isn't that far away, by Easter 2020 that God would use each of us to share His life-changing hope with one of our neighbors, family members, friends, co-workers, those that we do hobbies with, that we'd have an open door to share the hope that we have in Jesus by, by Easter of next year. And we pray that the Spirit of God would lead you to who that person or people would be. And we also want to introduce to you today a, a new campaign for Global. So we have each one reach one in here in Orange County. And then globally, we want to have renewed emphasis on reaching Europe. In fact, I want to show you a slide behind me here if we can see this. You may think like Israel that Europe has been reached, that everyone's had the opportunity to either accept or reject Jesus, but that's just not the case. In fact, right now in Europe, less than 2% of that region is a follower of Christ, the risen Savior. And so there's much work still to be done in Europe. It's not post-Christian anymore. It's actually gone back to pre-Christian. And so we want to do a campaign in this next season to reach Europe with the good news of Jesus Christ. We have our Albanian church partner in the Balkans. We have places like Moldova and Eastern Europe. And then all the refugees that are coming through Greece. You'll be hearing more about that uh, in the coming months uh, here through Calvary and opportunities to serve. And even today at the, at the Go Team lunch. And then beyond, even into Western Europe, where refugees are landing and open to Jesus in a way that they haven't been open to really at any stage in, in, in history. And so we believe that now is a prime time to, to focus energy on Europe. And then Bible translation, Bible for everyone is what we're calling this part of the campaign. Calvary in our 88 years has had this rich partnership with Wycliffe Bible translators. In fact, if you go to Florida, there's a plaque that says Calvary Church, Santa Ana. It's like, oh, it's great. <laughs> so we've had this connection through translation. We want to continue that focus believing that there's so many that don't have the languages, uh, don't have the scriptures in their own language, and there's something about reading the Bible in your own heart language that helps you connect like no other way. And there's still much work to be done, but 
The task is possible to be finished in our lifetime. Maybe your coffee's worn off and you didn't hear that. (laughs) The task of Bible translation could be completed in our lifetime. That's amazing. And so... What we want to do is you'll be hearing more about reaching Europe and then Bibles for everyone. In fact, if you go in the lobby, we have a nice new display that you'll see as you head out today. But that doesn't mean that we're ignoring our existing missions partners. We have 88 of them that God has called us to steward and love and care for. We're going to continue to faithfully care for our missionaries that have been sent out. And we want to raise up new missionaries right here from Calvary Church. My hope is that John, Aaron, and I would be overwhelmed with busyness because we're processing those of you that want to go overseas. And so let's start, church. Let's say yes to God's global call. Now, we're finishing um, today this global generosity theme of this month. It's the fourth week of the idea of global generosity. And I don't know if you've been here for this uh, series I hope that you've been encouraged, but I also hope that you've been wholly uncomfortable, (laughs) if I'll adopt that term. I, last Sunday, was sitting, I can see you guys, like, I was in the third row to the very back, my wife and kids. We came in late. Pastor came in late to church. Grace on all of you. (laughs) I was sitting on that third row in the back, and Dave was preaching here last Sunday, and I was just feeling convicted. (laughs) Like, wow, my finances could really use more generosity. If I'm going to be a leader for you, I need to step it up and trust God. Eric said even a couple weeks ago, uh, one of the best antidotes towards worshiping idols is to give generously to God's kingdom. I read about a woman this week that tells a story about she was in her living room and her husband came running through the room. I thought that was kind of odd. And then he opened uh, the little drawer where they keep their checkbook. I guess they still write checks in this family. And uh, he started madly writing a check. And so she follows him into that space and goes, what are you doing? And he said, I was just beginning to feel selfish. And so I need to give towards God's kingdom right now. And I think that's all of us, right? The antidote towards idol worship is to give and give generously. And for 88 years, this church has given in incredible, off-the-charts ways. When I go visit other places and churches, I hear, oh, you're from Calvary Church? We've heard of you and your generosity. But we also don't want to just rest on our legacy. We want to continue to move forward in what God has called us to do. He is faithful to complete what he has already given us. And so I'm just challenging you, church, that we have two buckets of giving here at Calvary. One bucket is for our general offering, and this is what we take every week, and this is to promote and provide for the ministries here of Calvary Church. If we don't fill this bucket, then we can't do the second bucket. (laughs) So general giving is so key and important. But our second bucket of giving here at Calvary is towards missions. It's towards what God is doing locally and globally. And I want to challenge us to be overwhelmingly generous above and beyond our normal giving towards what God is doing in Israel and Moldova and beyond. We have a thing called faith promise, one of our mechanisms to give. It's you saying, by faith, this is what I commit to give. 
That's one of our great programs that we use here. But really, you can use any kind of idea or concept you want, but I just want to encourage us. Give and give sacrificially. So you have this card that says next steps. If you'll look at that for a moment. It says pray, give, and go. This pray part is key. We love to even invite you to be part of our kind of inner workings and and hear breaking news of how to pray for our missionary partners. You can check that box and turn it in the offering in a minute. Thank you for all of you that were praying for Apollos. Maybe you heard that he was captured. He's living in Niger. Niger. He was captured by jihadists. And they took him several countries away in Africa and he was rescued two Sundays ago. He was beaten up. Yeah, it's awesome. He was beaten up and persecuted for his belief in Jesus. And he's recovering right now. In fact, I even asked him to send us a video today and this is not not the right time right now. And so pray for people like Apollos who are on the front lines sharing the gospel in really hard places. And then give. Give. And then go. Today, you have 11 o'clock to hear different missionaries. In the lobby today, Oleg will be there. Moran will be there. And then at 12.30, we have our lunch. We'd love to invite you to update your passport and go. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for 88 years of you being faithful to Calvary Church. You providing through our jobs to then be generous with our giving. You providing to raise up literally our sons and daughters to go commit their lives on the mission field. You, Lord, stirring in our hearts to be people of prayer. God, thank you for 88 years of doing this here. But God, the best is yet to come. We pray, Lord, that you'd use us in year 89 like you've never used Calvary before. Not so, Lord, we have some plaque at Wycliffe. But God, so that your name is made great. And so we pray this in the name of Jesus. And we said as a church, amen, amen.